Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for the invitation to be with you and the Grace Church family today. It's an honor to share with you today. And Ryan and I have been journeying together in a leadership community uh, for the last several months, which has given me an opportunity every month to pray for you, to pray for your community, to pray for the leaders of Grace Church. And it's been a privilege and an honor of mine to do so. So when Ryan invited me to share today because he's on vacation, I uh, automatically said yes. I was excited to do that. And so it's just another touch point for me to be able to connect with what God is doing there in your community. Um, I don't know if this is true for you, but I want to encourage you in these next few moments. I, I really want to encourage you around one big idea. I would love for each of you to consider today, what would it look like if you could find more freedom? What would that look like for you? If you could find more freedom. Now, I know that is like in an extraordinary time, like what we've been having the last 16 months, it, it may even feel like finding freedom is a mirage, right? Like, I don't even know if that's true anymore. Like, you've been so locked down for so long. It's like, I don't even know what freedom looks like anymore. And Or if, or if when we go back to normal, I'll have the same freedoms that I had before. I want to challenge you today to think about that because you may have felt so closed down for so long that you've lost sight of it or lost hope for it, but I've got good news. And the good news is God wants you to find freedom. As a matter of fact, he wants you to find it outside of the construct of the culture in which we live, no matter what's happening, pandemic or not. He wants you to find freedom in a way that allows you to, to have life. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite Jesus moments in the New Testament is found in the Gospel of John. John chapter 10, verse 10. And I love what Jesus says here as he's kind of admonishing those that follow him. And he's encouraging. He really gives us a promise. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, we all know what that feels like. We could all pinpoint in our life when we felt like those things were happening to us and we were losing a part of ourselves. But I love the promise that Jesus gives in this scripture. He says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Friends, that is the good news that Jesus wants you to find freedom. He wants you to find another level of freedom that you've never had before, that you've never thought possible before. About 12 years ago, I was given a framework for this kind of freedom. And when I was given this framework, I was in a you know picturesque setting. Uh, I was on a retreat with about 20 pastors and a gentleman was there, had invited us, and he was teaching us about this concept, this framework. And the reason why is he said to us, he said, hey, listen, what you do is important. It's important for the kingdom. It's important for your communities. And I want you to leave a legacy. I want you to have the stamina and the passion to continue to do what God called you to. So he introduces us to this idea of how to find freedom in this like really kind of like what seemed very practical at the sense, but what's so been uh, rewarding for me and encouraging is over the years as a lead pastor, I've been able to walk literally hundreds and hundreds of people through this concept. And I've watched people not only find this as a game changer for them, but I've watched them look at this and go, I can overcome my circumstances. Because let's be honest, we've all been there, right? We've all been completely exhausted. We've all had like these overworked, overstressed moments. I mean, zero energy to wake up on a Monday morning and push the alarm clock again, one more week of that. I mean, we've all been in those moments where we're like tapped out. 
And we've probably even asked ourselves, is this what life is all about? Is this what I'm supposed to do all the time? Like on a treadmill. And when he gave me this concept that I'm going to share with you today in this teaching moment, it just, it not only blew my mind, it gave me handles on how to actually learn how to manage really critical parts of my life in a very healthy way. So it was introduced to me as a health triangle. Now, what I've come to know it as and the way I've begun to teach it to others is it's, it's kind of a life diagram is what it is. And it's simple. It's, it's not a complicated diagram. So I've got a, a dry erase board here. I'm going to show you this. Uh, it's, it's really simple. It's, it's basically a triangle. And there are points of interest on this. And on this, on this triangle, uh, there are these like there are these things that we live out every day. I mean, these are just a part of our life. We, you know, this is a point of interest. This is a point of interest. This is a point of interest. And some of them we know really well. Now, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on two of them. And then I'm going to try to spend a little bit more time on the last one, which is where I'd like for us to land today. But this first one, I think this first one, we just know it. So a matter of fact, this first one is so intuitive that I really don't have to explain what it is because we spend a lot of time. Can you see that? Let me see if I can color this in a little bit more. Can you see that? Work. <laughs> Man, when this, when this was drawn on the diagram, the first time I saw that, I was like, we don't really need to talk more about that because I came to a retreat, so we didn't have to talk about work. But man, we spend so much of our time and energy in this. Now, work is an important part of our life. It's a critical piece to, that actually can give life to us when we find work that has meaning and purpose. And I think that's something that God had intended for us was that we would work in an area in which we felt uh, like we were being used by what, what, how we were designed. And, and a, great, a great illustration for that is this right here. I've, I found this in the kitchen. Uh, actually, it's the break room kitchen that I found this in, so uh, don't tell the janitor. But So this is a sponge, right? And when I show you this, uh, you automatically know that, you know, if you've ever cleaned anything or if you've ever, you know, wiped off a counter or if you've ever had to, like, scrub the the bugs off the front grill of your car. I mean, when you see this, it's kind of like it represents work, you know, not hard work, but it represents this was designed to do something specific for a job, right? This was created to do something specific. And that's kind of what work is for us. We're designed to do something specific. And if we work in it, we fulfill our purpose. And it actually is why we were built. It's why we were created. And it gives us a sense of fulfillment when we do that. Now, I'm going to use this illustration uh, a couple different ways, because when we think about a sponge, um, it's honestly, it's, it's really for three things. It's to do a job, right? So it's for work. But there's two other things that a sponge does that we know happens when we use one. Um, one is it, it wrings out things that we pick up. So if we squeeze it, you know, when we apply pressure to the sponge, it wrings things out and it becomes empty, right? But the other thing about a sponge that's neat is that it actually soaks things up and it fills up, right? So it soaks things up. This is going to come back, uh, come back up in our conversation today. But this part of the triangle is not really something that I have to spend a lot of time talking about. We do spend a lot of time here. As a matter of fact, we kind of have this like 
culture of honor, this badge of honor. Like, man, if you're working hard, if you're putting in 60 hours, if you put in 80 this week, you're really getting after it. And there's like this, almost like this buildup to work hard, to go after it, to get after it. And we're, you know, our culture kind of pushes us to this like very extreme scheduling of work. Now, there's another one that we all love, right? There's another one that I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about this one, but it's a really important part of the life diagram. And I hope you can see this. Uh, does that, can you guys see that? It says play, play. Play is one of those sections, you know, in here that we just, well, honestly, we work for the weekend. I mean, they write songs about that, right? We work for the weekend. As a matter of fact, there's bumper stickers probably in your town that say, I work hard and I, that's right, play hard. I work hard and I play hard. As a matter of fact, we spend so much of our energy on this side of the life diagram. We put so much of our time into what it means for us to work and what it means for us to play. Now, play is a lot like this. Play is like you've done your work, you put in your 40 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours, and then you have the weekend, you're gonna ski, and you're going to you know, fish, and you're going to pay, play board games, and you're gonna have your buddies over for a poker night, and man, you're just gonna live it up. I mean, all the way to Sunday night, midnight. You're like, I know I gotta wake up at 6 a.m. on Monday and hit that alarm again, but man, I am going to ring everything out of my life. I mean, play is literally, this is what you're doing when you're playing. You are wringing out life that's in you. And that's not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, when we are doing that and it gives us joy and it brings us such you know, a sense of fun and the endorphins just, oh, I wanna get one more round of golf in before the weekend's over. I wanna, I wanna play one more game of pool, you know? I mean, this is, this is what play is. Play is this like, almost like an escape from work. It's like we get to play and we get to have fun and we get to what feels like uh, gives us energy. But actually what's happening is as we work hard and play hard, we're actually emptying out. The whole time we're emptying out our life. So we find ourselves exhausted. We found ourselves stressed, overscheduled, out of time, out of energy, and really zero fulfillment. And it's, uh, man, it is such a bad cycle, such a bad cycle. I love what Jesus says about this. And this is where I really wanna land the plane. I really wanna talk about this last point of interest in the life diagram, because Jesus really comes in early on in ministry. He early on sets a course for all of us to follow. And he gives us this like, almost like a cheat code to say, hey, I don't only want you to have life and have it more abundantly, but I'm going to tell you how to find freedom. And that's what I want to share with you today. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. And I'm going to focus on verse 28. So in the gospel of Matthew, uh, which I think is such a fascinating story. I mean, if you don't know the story of Matthew, this guy was not a follower of Jesus. He was not a believer. As a matter of fact, he was a tax collector and then Jesus calls him to follow him. And literally Matthew lays down everything and follows Jesus, which is an incredible story of a person who would have been considered not a person of faith, 
that becomes a passionate follower of Jesus. And some of you in the audience today are in that place. And some of you are thinking about becoming one of those like passionate followers of Jesus. You're not quite sure, but I love what Matthew, like as he catches this conversation and, and pens it for us, it's so beautiful because Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, something really important about this life diagram. He starts off in verse 28, says, come to me, come to me. Jesus is saying this, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And if you feel weary today, if you feel overworked, like out of your mind, stressed, anxious about everything, Jesus would say to you today, come to him. Now, I love this phrase because this last section is called, come to me, right? It's called, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And what does he say at the end of that verse? He says, I will give you Can y'all see that? Rest. I will give you rest. Jesus is like, hey, there is a cheat code to finding freedom. And it's found in this quadrant. The one that we spend the least amount of time managing. As a matter of fact, I would say the bumper sticker says, work hard, play hard, and rest is for the weak. That's what it would probably say if it had more space on the bumper sticker, right? Work hard, play hard, and rest is for the weak because we have to seize the day. That's what culture tells us. But Jesus tells us something different. He says, if you really want to find life, if you really want to find fulfillment, if you really want to find the abundance, the freedom that I have promised you, come to me. All of you that are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. As a matter of fact, I love what he goes on to say in verse 29, which is a little bit difficult for us to grasp because it's an agrarian example. But he says, take my yoke upon you. It's light. It's easy. Jesus gives us an invitation to couple up with him so that he, the giver of life, can actually pour into us. You remember the handy sponge object lesson? This is you when your life is just dry, exhausted. I mean, you can't squeeze out another drop. And Jesus would say, I want you to come to me and rest. I am the giver of life. I will fill you up with an abundance of freedom. I will give you so much life that the world will just wonder, where is all of that coming from? How does that person have that much freedom and this much anxiety of the, the, the culture and the systems that we live in and the jobs and all the things that just rack us? How does a person have that much life just dripping from them? Well, when we discover this life diagram has a very major component that we've probably ignored called rest, we find freedom. And I love this section here. So this is like, you know, 12 years ago for me, it blew my mind, changed my life. It literally saved my marriage. It saved my ministry. It saved so many things about what God was doing in my life then. 
But when I started like really refining this and thinking about this, rest really stands for this. It, it really stands for rhythmically established spaces. Rhythmically established spaces to be with the giver of life. Rhythmically established spaces to be with the giver of life. In other words, rest isn't play at all. It's not about getting on your four-wheeler and riding for five hours. It's not about fishing for a day. It's not about golfing, you know, 72 rounds in a weekend. Rest isn't about play. And it oftentimes gets misconstrued and, and misunderstood. Rest is about you being with the giver of life. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, I had to decide that I had to build a rhythm, an established rhythm in my life for spaces happened regularly. So here's, here's my formula, right? I said, hey, I want to do this once a week. What a novel concept, right? I mean, look up the word Sabbath in the Bible. It's mentioned countless numbers of times. There's a reason why God said, I want you to have a Sabbath and I want you to keep it holy because I need you to be with me. I'm the giver of life, right? So I decided I was going to do this once a week. And sometimes I don't get an entire day in right? Because I have so much on this side. I'm working hard and playing hard. I'm like, I don't have a whole day. I'll give a half a day to this. But man, I'm telling you what, when I do, it fills me up. And for me, my spaces are the mountains, you know, the outdoors. I love being in wilderness spaces. So for me, when I'm in those spaces, man, I just fill back up. And I'm not necessarily with people. I'm not necessarily doing Sometimes I'll grab my fly rod. I'll go jump in the river and I'll stand. I don't even care if I catch a fish. Honestly, it's like, it's like fly therapy. I'm just like, you know, throwing the fly around. Sometimes I've lost my fly on my rod and I just stand there anyway. And it's like, I know I'm never going to catch anything on my weighted line, but I just, that's for me, it's a place of solitude, right? It's a rhythm for me that's established and a space for me to be with the giver of life. So my wife and I decided that our marriage mattered, right? Because if you work hard and play hard, but don't rest well, your relationships get unhealthy, right? I mean, all the health parts of your, your life, all the states of health, relationship health, you know, mental health, emotional health, uh, physical health, it all gets off kilter when we're not doing this properly. So my wife and I decided we were going to do one weekend a month. And a weekend for us, because I was a pastor, you know, I had to be there for Sunday. So a weekend for us was Friday and Saturday. And just do a getaway, just a quick overnight getaway once a month. And then once a quarter, we would make that a four-day weekend where we're going to get away on Thursday and we're not coming back until Sunday night. And then once a year, we scheduled rest, just like we scheduled our work and just like we scheduled our fun, our play. We scheduled a one-week vacation. We did that for years and years and years and still do to this day. As a matter of fact, I'm leaving tomorrow to go on vacation as well. Because it matters. You have to make time to rest, right? And find time for solitude. And so my challenge to you today is simple. My challenge for you is, well, first off, you have to ask yourself an honest question. Do I want to find freedom? And if you do, more than likely it's found here in the combination of what Jesus says in John 10, 10, and certainly what he says in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. I want to challenge you to take his yoke upon you. This is the yoke right here that the world, that our culture gives us. Work hard, play hard. That's the yoke that they give us. Jesus says, I want you to take on my yoke. It's light, it's easy. It's come to me. You realize he doesn't say, hey, you just keep working hard and playing hard and I'll come over to you and 
find somewhere in your schedule. No, he says, come to me, pull away from the other things and find rest. Rest for your soul. Man, that verse, verse 29, when he says, you will have rest for your soul. That is a powerful, powerful thing that most of us need desperately in our life. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to find freedom. I want to encourage you to look at what do these scriptures say to you? How does the Holy Spirit take these verses and this diagram and all this talk today? And how does it actually speak to you and get you to move toward finding freedom in your life? Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today.